first day of shooting, we picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. Hi, guys. Midnight sun. Midnight sun. <laughs> oh Just going to get gosh. right into it. <laughs> guys, hey, this it's is... Kel and Mel. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Kel. We are so, so excited to be back. I can't believe it's already time. I know. It's crazy. It feels like not much time has passed. What the heck? I can't right. believe the book has come out. It's literally here. It's in our hands mm-hmm. thank you to everyone who believed when we didn't <laughs> yeah yeah seriously it's never happening <laughs> yeah we were cynical i didn't think the book was ever yeah. gonna come out but thank you so much for joining us today if it's thank your first you. time we are cousins and we still love twilight all these we years still later. love it so on this podcast, we try to just explore a range of topics. We talk about the books, we talk about the movies, we talk about the actors, literally everything mm-hmm. we are obsessed. And we never run out of things to talk about. Like, Twilight is really endless. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And this has been, we've been obsessed with Twilight since we were in middle school. This has been probably the biggest week I know. Of our lives in the fandom. Not only Midnight Sun came out, but we had the opportunity to chat with Catherine Hardwick, which was oh my God. incredible. That episode will be coming out next week. So Catherine Hardwick, director of Twilight, who's in our theme song. I mean, I feel like people don't realize how insane that is. For us, I don't know, maybe mm. like our friends and family who aren't into Twilight, maybe like, yeah, it's so cool to talk to a director, but Catherine's really been kind of an icon to us. Like, I mean, we, you and I just always like would geek out about her and yeah. talk about how funny she is and quote her and stuff. And I really we just love that movie, you know, yeah. the first movie. I said this to her. It's like, we, we of course love the books, but that first movie really inspired us all. I actually, after talking to her, I was inspired to buy the movies, all of the movies, even though I already own them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I Wait, bought tell the me collector's guide. So I bought the collector's guide this week. It's actually on sale at Walmart, so you guys should buy it too if you have the chance. It was what pretty is, affordable. What is the sale? The sale is, it was like only the collector's guide itself was only like 30 something dollars what but the but you can also buy all the movies that's like not the collector's guide for i think it was like 15 or something really affordable i'm not really sure the price wait all the movies for 15 something like that so you guys (laughs) should check it out at walmart at walmart yeah they're on sale and you can buy it i think digitally as well but i like to have even though i own the movies I was just telling Kelly that, like, I've watched them so many times and I've brought them so many places that they're kind of scratched up and worn. So it's nice to have just all of them again. And they're so beautiful in the collector's guide, especially. I know. That thing is beautiful. It's so pretty. Yeah. There's, like, packet, kind of like a book with imagery on it. And yeah. 
It's cool. It was in our Airbnb in Forks, mm-hmm. so that's how and I know. <laughs> yeah. And like we've talked about, like I feel like it's just good to have, if you really love something, you should have the DVD of it if you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But some, I know some people don't have DVD players. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into Midnight Song, guys. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. But people do ask us, though, a lot, like where they yeah. can watch it or, I don't know, it's not really on streaming, I don't think. It's on Amazon Prime, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for but, free. Well, for Prime. I think so. Hmm. But, yeah, owning owning it, I think if you're really into it, it's just so nice to hold in your hand, you know, and yeah. line them up on a shelf. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait, because I've owned these DVDs for, like, 11, 10, 9 years, so, mm-hmm. and when I got them, I was in middle school so I didn't take the best care of them so now these are going to be treasured items and for only $34 I think it was that's literally nothing because that's five movies I spend that much when I go out to eat yeah (laughs) (laughs) I we were just talking about how like childhood and stuff sorry guys midnight time I know I know but um talking about how I feel like I was never carefree, even as mm-hmm. a child. I feel like I was always pretty, like, I mean, I could have fun. Like, I was definitely, I could be lighthearted and stuff, but I was always self-conscious and always kind of mm, serious. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I've always been so anal with my belongings, like, even in middle school, like, the Twilight DVD. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's good, don't though. touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, so particular about my books, too. And, yeah, I feel that way again, though, because I got, you know, we got Midnight Sun, as I'm sure a lot of you guys have. And uh, the American edition, the cover, the paper cover is kind of glossy. And mm. right away, okay, I got it at Target, which I didn't want to. I wanted to go to, like, a small bookstore. But because of COVID, they all have, like, really bad hours right now, Dumb. you know? closing early and stuff and I had to work and there was like it was actually a storm a tropical storm yeah a tropical storm so I I had to walk to wherever I was gonna get the book and I couldn't figure it out I was like like, stressed out oh Um, I bet and so the rain and everything was gonna stop by like seven Mm -hmm. but the bookstores were closed but anyway so Target was still open though but I got to Target I saw the first Midnight Sun up on a shelf and there was like a fingerprint on it and I was like, no. And so like I went to look at all the other ones and like I touched one and then my fingerprints are getting on it oh, and I was no. like, no. And I put it down. <laughs> it's stressing me out. So yeah, I took the jacket off, but I I think I do prefer the UK cover that's matte. Yeah. But Dang I it. I think I understand why we had to have the glossy one, because all of the other ones were glossy right yeah so for the american versions my hands must have just been really greasy for some reason but <laughs> does, did anybody else have that problem let me know i always <laughs> take the jacket off a book when i read it though mm-hmm. i don't always but i just had to it was stressing me out yeah <laughs> and target put a freaking 20 percent off sticker on it oh Oh my gosh, how could so, they do that? That's I, so annoying. I took it off, it had all this residue, and then I spent ages trying to clean it off. <laughs> oh my god. I think I got it off, but... Yeah. 
I hate how the American one has the much bigger text. I know. We talked about this. Yeah. I just didn't know the other one would look so much better. Yeah, what the heck? It's weird how UK and US covers are often different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's like, wh- is there a psychology behind that? Are they like <laughs> Americans like things bigger and better and shinier? Our English readers would never be attracted Our- <laughs> to that atrocity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of books are like that. Like a lot of books by, I don't know, just other writers that I've read. Or like Sally Rooney, I think those book covers are different too. And sometimes they're better and it makes mm. me, pisses me off. But, okay, let's get into it. Yeah, because we have a lot to talk about. Midnight Sun? I just, I can't believe it, guys. And I, I, I almost feel like there's no way to do it justice the way yeah. it feels to have this book. Something that we've wanted for so long. I mean, almost half my life. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is actually crazy. <laughs> um, it's, I just never, I always said all these years, I always said, I just want that book in my hands. I just want mm. a hard copy of it. It's just incredible. My friend Dan sent me a screenshot of his cousin who made a status that was like, I don't know if you guys know, but Midnight Sun came out today. I've been waiting for this for 10 years. And she's a junior in high school, so she's like 17. So she's been waiting for this since she was seven. That's adorable. Isn't it? (laughs) I gotta say... Oh, wait. No, go. Oh, no. I was gonna go into the book already, so... Okay. I just wanted to say that, I mean, you open it. It's a red inside jacket. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. And then you turn the page, and I like I like this. It just says Midnight Sun. Yeah, the title Pretty. page. Yeah. Then the There's next title page is gorgeous. Honestly, maybe one of the best we've had. I mean, I love the one with the trees and stuff, but it has a sculpture of these two people about to kiss. Oh, beautiful. And the inside jacket says, I mean, you guys could read this for yourself, too. Unless, unless maybe you're listening to the audiobook or something, I don't know. Um, apparently, it's from the Hermitage, I'm not saying, sure if I'm saying that right, Museum in St. Petersburg. Ooh. That statue, cool. It's and just then so pretty. The dedication. I was basically almost sobbing before I even <laughs> started the book with this dedication. I'm just going to read it. So Stephanie says, this book is dedicated to all the readers who have been such a happy part of my life for the last 15 years. When we first met, many of you were young teenagers, uh, like ourselves, with bright, beautiful eyes full of dreams for the future. I hope that in the years that have passed, you've all found your dreams in that reality, and that the reality of them was even better than you'd hoped. It made me emotional. (gasps) Yeah, it made me emotional too. Would you say that, um... You found your dreams and that the reality of them was even better than you hoped? Yeah, I would say some of my dreams have come true, but it's funny. It's like sometimes when you accomplish them after the fact, you aren't as grateful for them as you would have hoped, if that makes sense. It just kind of shuffles into your past, just memories. But yeah, I agree. I think actually a lot of my dreams did come true too, and yeah, they probably were better than I imagined because yeah it's always better than 
Okay, no. That I feel like life isn't always better than you imagine, but something like going to London or Paris, you know? Yeah. The experience of it is just, you know, much more than you can even imagine because you can't really predict specific stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stephanie. That was yeah. really sweet. And then we get to the table of contents. And what struck me is that so many of these chapter names, I don't think all of them, but so many of them are the same t- name as the chapters in Twilight. I know. It's interesting that some, not all. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because like that. some are like scenes without Bella. Yeah. Whoa. But I feel like... 29 chapters. Wow. We are probably not going to cover that much today. We don't know. We're trying something new. We're going to just record as much as we can, kind of. Yeah. And just stop there. In the past, we would always plan, like, okay, we're going to do 13 chapters or, or, like, 10 chapters and then next time we'll do 10 chapters and then we'll do nine chapters or something but we're not doing that this time yeah which makes sense because in the past there were books that we were rereading even though we read the original draft this we just really want to take it all in and I don't want to rush over anything since this is yeah uh, and I don't mind spending like months on midnight sun what if what if we (laughs) only did one episode on it Oh, my God. That would be funny. (laughs) Like, all right, moving on. All right, today's the Midnight Sun episode. Afterwards, (laughs) we're going to talk about... uh, Jackson Rathbone. Jackson Rathbone. The MTV Movie Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, that was really exciting. Um, All All right. right. Let's talk about commentary on the commentary. Yeah. (laughs) We still will do that. Yeah, I was. We were talking on our Patreon about how I don't know somebody out there said that we we're more focused on the books. I mean, the movies, and not the books. And we were kind of like insulted, I think. But because we do read the books and cover the books, but we definitely do. I mean, the fact that we do commentary on the commentary and soundtrack reviews and stuff. I mean, I guess we are a little more movie. Yeah, we have a Focus wider sometimes. a wider range of topics. Yeah. Uh, but I would say like the mortality episode or like or feminism that w- wouldn't be mm-hmm. one or the other. You know what I mean? I struggle with the Instagram sometimes because when I post pictures are of course always of the movies because that's like the only representation imagery. really. Yeah. Yeah, the only imagery and but I really do picture, especially reading Midnight Sun, Bella is so much different than a, than she is in the movies. And mm-hmm. it's it's not better or worse. I love Kristen's portrayal, but she really is not as like tough, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. She's a lot it more does. shy. And when I'm reading this, I'm I'm back to I don't know, imagining not the movie sets. Like mm-hmm. I'm back to picturing different settings. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well. All right. Should we get into it? I guess so. Okay. So chapter one is called First Sight. I already on the first page have a note that this 
first line, there was the, this was the time of day when I most wished I were able to sleep. High school. That is the same as the original draft. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like too much has really changed in the beginning. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I meant to open up the draft and compare side by side, but I didn't do it. I'm sure some people did. I think so. it'll be better to do that later on. I feel like first read through, it's good to just kind of read it. As yeah, it true. Yeah, that kind of takes the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. But there were things that I kept wondering, like, is this new? Was this here before? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, on page one, actually, he he's describing, you know... Edward, we mean, by the way. Um, (laughs) The narrator. He's describing the kids at school and just, like, how boring they are. And he says, half the sheep-like males were already imagining themselves infatuated with her, meaning Bella. And he calls people sheep-like again later. Mm. And I, I don't know, maybe he is, maybe she's doing that because lion like predator sheep are vulnerable i don't know but it kind of was funny to me and it felt like a more modern i don't know if this was in the original draft though maybe it was but it felt like a very modern thing to say because i feel like people are always like sheeple like Mm. you're just sheep wake up sheeple like (laughs) i don't know like maybe it was in the original draft but he a couple times to imply that people are human complacent or No, he's like acting like people that don't think for themselves mm. or are just boring, kind of. He calls them sheep-like a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> well, it also kind of ties into, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, oh, I don't know yeah. if she did it because he's like a predator, but mm. um, it's just funny to me. I mean, he really judges most people for their thoughts. He thinks most people are stupid, so. Yeah. I love getting into other people's heads. Yeah, it's so cool. It's interesting how when he first sees Bella, he says, just an ordinary human girl. But he only sees her at this point through people's thoughts. And -hmm. everyone's thinking about Bella. They're so excited for her arrival. Yep. He thinks it's annoying that everybody's so riled up about it. Yeah. And so here they're in the cafeteria in the first scene, really, with the Cullens. And Alice is pretty anxious about Jasper because he's really struggling being at high school. And Edward says something that I really agreed with. He said, I would have to hunt tonight. It was ridiculous to take risks like this, trying to test his strength to build his endurance. Jasper should just accept his limitations and work within them. Which I kind Mm. of agreed with. Like, I mean, I guess this is him building his strength, but it seems like it is a huge risk for their family to have someone like Jasper out in a high school with a ton of people around. Yeah. They could really risk exposure really quickly. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Hmm. And I feel like it could be relatable to real life. I don't know. I feel like people push themselves sometimes or are upset with not being where they want to be or something. Mm. <laughs> I'm making this, like, more deep than it has to be. But, yeah, it's like, except how you are and work within that <laughs> yeah well it just seems like it's a huge risk for their anonymity i didn't even realize i guess because we, it was in bella's point of view but i didn't realize that they were kind of pushing it yeah i just thought he could just not control himself at all basically but it's weird that they would have him 
try not to hunt too much or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So far, I don't know if I like Jasper as much in Edward's <gasps> perspective. I mean, we'll get to this later, but yeah, he sucks in, <laughs> in my opinion, in Edward's point of view. Yeah. Which kind of means the more we know him, he's less likable. Yeah, it's weird. I was shocked by that. Yeah, we'll get to points when I thought, okay, that's kind of a dick thing to say, Jasper. Yeah. That's sad, though, because I feel like in the Twilight books, I really loved Jasper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have more to read, and also, I guess people are complex, like... Yeah, maybe they can both be true at the same time. But and yeah. plus, people's thoughts are their pure honesty, and That's you know, true. most of us don't have just pure angel-like thoughts. Like, so it's kind of an unrealistic expectation that people are just going to be chill and nice all the time when their mm-hmm. thoughts are so personal. And honestly, Edward should probably stay out of them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Edward. I just love oh, him. Edward. He's just so, like, grumpy, but cute. I know. And, uh... His thoughts sound a lot like my anxiety. He needs, mm-hmm. like, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> really? I know. I guess it, it. I definitely could relate to the way he thinks about things. But overthinking. I didn't, even, I didn't even think it was weird. <laughs> yeah, On I page... definitely overthink like that. Yeah, so on page eight, I thought it was sweet how this is before he really is aware of the fact that Bella smells so good to him and before before he knows that he can't read her thoughts. And he yeah. says, he's reading Jessica's thoughts and he says, beneath the transient humor, I felt a strange impulse, one I did not clearly understand. It had something to do with the vis- vicious edge to Jessica's thoughts that the new girl was unaware of. I felt the strangest urge to step in between them, to shield Bella Swan from the darker workings of Jessica's mind. I thought that, that was mm. sweet that he was already really protective of her. It is sweet. I remembered that part. <laughs> and then he quickly learns that he can't read her her thoughts and I was thinking what if Bella's just so as we say in the now (laughs) and so (laughs) at peace that she just doesn't have any thoughts (laughs) yeah maybe oh my god yeah maybe she because that's what all the enlightenment thinkers and everything talk about is like having no thoughts what if she is just so zen and enlightened that she doesn't have thoughts yeah (laughs) I don't think so though because she seems like kind of a stressed out sometimes stressed out and actually I mean I would say she does seem pretty present to me mm-hmm. I was thinking about her Myers-Briggs <laughs> potentially <laughs> what her type would be um but yeah she definitely would have thoughts <laughs> I wonder if he's ever encountered someone that is so present that their thoughts are just literally what's coming in like yeah. <laughs> no commentary <laughs> Well, because most of the time when he reads people's thoughts, it's a a narration that's happening. Yeah, Yeah, but if she's so present, then she wouldn't be having a narration. Yeah. Yeah. I think he suspects that at first, and then he thinks, oh, God, there's something wrong with me. I'm losing my power. Yeah, I like that he thinks that, because I would have thought that, too. Like, maybe you're just Mm -hmm. losing your power. I thought that was cool. I wanted to say that on page six, um, I, I just think this is really cool. He says, rarely, extremely rarely, someone would guess right. 
about mm. them being a vampire. And I think I've talked about this on the show before, but that is just so interesting to me. Like, I just can't believe that in the past he's heard someone think, like, oh, I think they're vampires. Or, like, are they vampires? Like, I just can't yeah. believe that. And I just, I wish, maybe they'll get into it later, but I would like to know what happened when that happened. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, Kelly and I still aren't done with the book yet. We're actually pretty, not that far (laughs) into it at all. (laughs) But we we did have a crazy week with Catherine. I mean, having, we had to prepare questions for that. I'm sorry, I'm like coming up Mm -hmm. with defense. But also we wanted to watch her show to be able to talk about it. Her new show, Don't Look Deeper. So yeah. Sometime I would have spent reading, um, I was going to say Breaking Dawn, <laughs> when Night Sun was watching that, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, same. And also, I feel like with that and just like with work and stuff, I've been kind of anxious, and mm-hmm. not that Twilight wouldn't make me feel better, but I wanted to be in the right headspace to read it, just because I wanted to be like content and not worrying about anything else, and sometimes... I feel like with anxiety, even something that you really love like this can't make you feel that much better. So yeah. I didn't want to like taint it with my anxiety. Yeah, yesterday I felt I hung out with somebody. <laughs> but I was feeling really nervous before and I was and I had like an hour until it happened and I was like, okay, we read Midnight Sun, that will chill you out. But I couldn't really focus on it because I was so stressed yeah. and nervous. So I was like, okay, no, I can't can't read it. I, I'm not focusing. I'm all nervous. So, yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt before the Catherine thing. I was like, oh, I'll read Midnight Sun. But my mind just kept going, oh, God, Catherine Hardwick. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, so, we, now we have lots of time to read it and chill. Exactly. Chill, yeah. chill. But what yeah. I've read so far, so amazing. Also, it's almost overwhelming how I how wrote, much I love it. I know. I wrote in my notes, well written, which I think it's, it is. I think Stephanie's writing has evolved so much Yeah. Uh, since the early days. This is better written than Twilight, in my opinion. Me too. It's really developed. Yeah, I like it. I wrote in my notes, imagine if this was the book that came out first. I don't know if it would have achieved as much popularity, but it would have been so much scarier. And on page 12, when he now knows that Bella's blood smells so good, Mm -hmm. he says, you know, he's thinking like how he's going to kill her and he's strategizing. And then he's like, oh, I have to kill everyone in the room first. And it's really scary. He's talking about breaking their necks. He says... It would take me at most five seconds to end every life in this room. Wow. He's a monster. Mm. Yeah, and he's talking about how then as everyone starts screaming, like then the rest of the school would probably start to hear it. And it's just crazy that he it's was actually planning that out. Frightening. And like it really just ups the stakes so much from the beginning that we don't really get in Bella's perspective in chapter one. Yeah, no. She's just True. like, oh, gosh, this guy thinks I smell bad. I mean, with Bella, yeah. I mean, you know he's a vampire, and, like, he can be a little bit creepy and tells her he could kill her and stuff, but it never really feels much like a threat. I mean, yeah. he's so good-looking and charming and 
mysterious and she's in love with him and when you're reading it you're like kiss 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 you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like you know that he's a vampire but it doesn't feel as dangerous until you're in his perspective and then you realize i didn't even realize truly how difficult it was for him to be near her and like her scent it's almost insane yeah it's kind of like crazy that he was able to overcome that I was thinking that, like, reading this and then thinking that they have sex later, I was kind of mm. like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah. Even though before we would, we were like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember on the show us being like, why can't they? Like, yeah. what? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think Edward is just a little sadistic. I think the pain it causes him turns him on. <laughs> I feel like that's not in the text, but... I think it's definitely between the lines. He's yeah, definitely, kinda. like, the sub- the submissive one in this relationship. Oh my God. How is he submissive if he's the... Because the power. Because mm, even though he's the one with the power, like, the mental power that Bella has over him, I think, is even stronger... Yeah, he kind of acts like he has no will in this. Like yeah, he's, just, he's weak. He's, like, tortured and hates it, but can't... He literally later is saying that there's, like, no other way. Like, yeah. <laughs> he has no choice, basically. Um, I do think, though... So he's contemplating leaving, and he's like, I have to leave, I have to leave. But... I was thinking about this, and a lot of times if you have a relationship that is so intense or, like, you feel very strongly for it, but it's undeveloped yet, it's almost impossible sometimes to stop it before you try it out, if that makes sense. Oh, my God. For me, at least, and maybe you too, I think it is impossible. I mean, I cannot be objective with romance. No. (laughs) I just cannot. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, like you maybe see red flags or something and then you don't feel interested or attracted mm-hmm. and that's great when that happens but if you are really attracted to someone and they seem into you too it's like how do you even, how could you stop no. that you like, have to are, try it <laughs> yeah you have to there's no way to be like no if, if yeah. you really want someone and they want you too like how are you supposed to i mean yeah, I mean, if you're married already or something, like, I don't know, you got to think about what it really, where it's really coming from, I guess, but, yeah, I agree with you, Mel. Like, how was he going to not try it? Yeah, exactly. He would probably think about it for years and years and years, and, but... I feel like me and all my friends have been in this position, too, where it's like, oh, I got to just let that go, I got to move on, but if you didn't, but then you can't, you just can't. You got (laughs) to try it. Yeah. Sometimes I think you really do have to just go through the whole relationship with somebody. Like, even Mm -hmm. if it doesn't last, like, you have to, if you both really like each other, you have to get to those ups and then get to those downs and break Mm -hmm. up and just, like, get, you have to just go through it, you know? Yeah, because the unknown of, like, not having experienced the relationship will make you continue to think like, oh, well, what could it have been? It could have been amazing. So yeah. you, you have to learn for yourself. And then sometimes that can hold you back. Mm-hmm. I, Definitely. So he's like here in 
biology class and he's acting like he has to endure this whole class in torture next to her because she smells so delicious and stuff. And I know he does say that he like can't possibly move because if I move one inch then I could snap. But he does move mm-hmm. eventually at the end of class. And I was just wondering mm-hmm. why can't he say like can I go to the bathroom and leave? <laughs> like he's yeah and during the whole hour in agony and i was like why don't you go to the bathroom why are you staying here <laughs> i don't know he yeah, does say he that he can't like, move but yeah wait what were you gonna say that's i'm sure stephanie thought about that mm-hmm. that's yes. why they said he couldn't move but, he, but maybe because he he's such a good student <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just can't miss but he does skip later right he does, yeah. I think so. I think it's sweet how he's talking about how... So he, he tells us, the readers, how he has killed people in the, in the past. And mm-hmm. he says, it was a God complex. I acknowledge that. Deciding who deserved a death sentence. It was mm-hmm. a compromise with myself. I'd fed on human blood, but only by the loosest definitions. My victims were, in their various dark, darkest times, barely more human than I was. And then he talks about how Carlisle mm-hmm. was, like, his influence for not killing people. And I like how he's, like, describing it because Carlisle's obviously not his biological father. But after all this time together, he really has shaped Edward the way a father would. Yeah. And he said, my features had not changed, but it seemed to me as though some of his wisdom had marked my expression. A little of his compassion could be traced in the set of my mouth and hints of his patience were evident on my brow. Which is I like good. that sweet and cool to me i know i think that was cool observation and true i i don't know where that was but this is still him imagining killing her he then makes up like another plan in his head instead of killing her in the classroom he's thinking like he'll go to her house and do it and drink her blood um and I, I liked this part. I don't know why it's a little sick, but I thought it was cool. He says, and when I had her alone, there'd be no chance of anyone else getting hurt. And then I, italics, and no reason to rush through the experience. <laughs> the monster in my head agreed. <laughs> that was funny. Like, Yeah. Yeah, you would want to savor that. <laughs> yeah. I There's so many parts where I, I underlined it and I wrote, why do I find this so cute? Like, he writes, <laughs> there's just this one sentence alone that says, I hid in my car. And I was like, that's cute. I don't know why. I'm just that's hiding, cute. playing a CD. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Is that in chapter one? Yeah, it's page 17. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, wait, yeah. He does it again in chapter two. He, okay, that's Yeah, it. he hides in his car several times. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he goes, you know, to, I don't know if you're ready for this part, but he goes to switch classes Yes. with Miss Cope. And I just love that Miss Cope has the hots for him. Mm, it's so very funny. amazing to me. <laughs> and, yeah, I know, it's funny, all the stuff we took take notes of. Um, oh, yeah, he's trying to, like, seduce Miss Cope, or at least just be flirty or 
To get his way. Yeah, to get his way. And he says, I leaned slightly closer and stared as if I was gazing more deeply into her eyes. This would work better if they were gold today instead of black. The blackness frightened people as it should. I don't think it's funny that he knows that when his eyes are gold, he's like more attractive. Mm. (laughs) At the, yeah, and she unfortunately cannot get him to switch classes. So he's getting very upset and like frustrated. But then Bella walks in. Very upset. (laughs) Very Very upset. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get me upset. (laughs) Things are going to get very ugly. Whoa, take it down a notch. I wonder, is Jacob in this book? Yeah, he's probably going to be later. Jacob! Can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, Mike Newton is public enemy number one. Edward hates mike so much little does he know the threat that jacob is gonna cause dude later (laughs) mike is like nothing compared to jacob i know he really (laughs) isn't uh i thought at the end of chapter one i you know edward's kind of freaking out and he's like i have to leave i have to go and alice is like no like i'll miss you and He's so, like, upset. And I thought, to be the other Collins, this must be so weird and random. Like, you've lived with Edward for so long now. He's just always been kind of quiet, kept to himself. And all of a sudden, randomly one day at school, he's, like... Flipping out. Flipping out over this one girl. And they're like, what the fuck? And she's a human. And then he's, like, obsessive about it. You can tell that they're, like... Especially Emmett is, like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I thought that, too. So, next chapter is chapter two, open book. Open book. So, here we have Edward in Denali, and he's been here for a few days. It's interesting, like, Tanya is really trying to be flirty. She thought that Edward was coming because he changed his mind and wanted to be together. I know. I, I don't know why I love this stuff i don't know why i love him and tanya what i don't know yeah i don't know i get like a thrill out of it i don't want him to be with her but i just really like the idea of someone else being into him and no him being, like a little flirty like i don't know why i love it oh i don't like it it makes me like a little jealous i don't know why i'm into it i don't know i don't like the idea of edward like having never kissed someone or it's okay that he's a virgin i guess but I don't know why it just weirds me out. I don't think I would want to date someone that's yeah <laughs> never had feelings for anybody. Like, it just, it's weird to me. So I think it's cool that he's had somewhat of, like, a flirtation, kind of, or someone into him. Yeah, I but I think one of the things I like about Edward is it, as in Bella's head, it gives me so much comfort knowing that she's the only one for him. But I guess the both can be true at the same time. I just, I'm interested in Edward's past, and it's a little bit boring to me. Mm. I guess Edward, maybe Edward is a little boring in a way, (laughs) that he's just done nothing all this time, and has had not many relationships besides his family. Mm -hmm. It's just weird to me. So I think it's cool to see this other side of him. Don't you think if you were Edward, though, how could you possibly be attracted to someone if you could read all their thoughts? Like, a part of attraction is the excitement of being like, what are they thinking about me? And if you just, like, already knew, it would be so boring. I know. I don't think it's possible for him, so I think that's why Mm -hmm. 
He can't have anything with this Tanya girl. Yeah, and Tanya's like really being flirty. Like she's like kind of touching him, but she, she's also respectful. Mm-hmm. She knows that he doesn't want. He doesn't yeah. want her in this way. They're in the snow, and she's wearing a tank top and shorts, mm-hmm. and he's like jumping around. It's kind of funny, and it's interesting. Edward knows that she's been thinking about having a conversation with him for days. Like she's been planning what she's gonna say mm-hmm. and stuff. Which I totally related to because I, I do that too. Like, I always think about, like, okay, like, I'm going to tell somebody yeah. how I feel or whatever. <laughs> I feel bad for her, though. Like, she, it's sad. I mean, she really doesn't stand a chance, and the fact that she was planning it and stuff is just sad. I also like, I think it's cool that she's, like, a succubus. She slept around a lot. (laughs) And I made a note, I was like, is this the only mention of, like, promiscuity or sleeping around or even, like, sex in this way in Twilight? Like, I feel like it's not really a thing. Yeah, especially, like, premarital sex. But (laughs) we talked about this, I think, on our Patreon episode, maybe. Or maybe we talked about it in the main episode. It's kind of weird that like she sleeps with humans but then later edward's like it's too dangerous it's like why you already know that tanya's able to do it i know and so it's like so we theorized is it just too dangerous because of the way men have sex (laughs) yeah like we we said just his (laughs) dick is just too powerful yeah tanya just lies there i don't know i don't get it and i just don't understand why tanya would want to have sex with humans like what i do well no probably hot i don't know just like i don't know if a human (laughs) could really do it for her you know he said that he like she likes that they're warm doesn't that give it away that she's a vampire when she sleeps with them though because she's so cold I don't know. I don't think anyone would... I don't know how cold they're supposed to be. I mean, yeah, yeah, Bella does describe them as being... Him being, like, stone or something. But I don't know. I feel like if you were touching someone and they felt cold, I don't... I mean, we've read Twilight, so we probably would know. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if you would think, like... (gasps) Vampire. I just think it's, like... (laughs) I don't know. Almost good to have the partner know. Like, just let you know, I'm a vampire. Like, this No, (laughs) no. They're not going to... It's a secret. True. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, I think it's funny how, uh, you know, Edward is this great guy in Bella's perspective, but kind of in Tanya's perspective, he's a bit of a fuckboy. Like, he says, I feel horrible. How is he a fuckboy? Well, he just says, I feel horrible for toying with your expectations, Tanya. I didn't mean to. I wasn't thinking... It's just that I left in quite a hurry. Not that he's a fuckboy, but, like, here Tanya's thinking, like, oh, my he's God. He's never even fucked. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right, you're right. <laughs> it's just he's not, like, this, you know, he's he's a heartbreaker in her perspective. Yeah. On page 26, he says, Tanya threw her slender arm around my mm. shoulders. And then he kisses her cheek. Yeah. I don't know why I get... A thrill out of this, though. Does anybody agree with me? What's the psychology behind this? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't feel that way. I don't like it. I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just... I like... 
it's just not very realistic to me that there'd be nothing else ever. Mm. I mean, surely people are into him. And um, I don't know. Isn't it cuter that he could be with Tanya, but he chooses Bella instead? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Bella has little flirtations outside of Edward, so it makes true. sense that Edward would... It makes him a little bit less obsessive. Mm-hmm. I don't know why when I... I mean, maybe I just like a little bit of jealousy or something. Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. But when I am into somebody or, like, dating someone, I like to hear about, like, other people they've liked and other people they've dated. I don't know why I get, like, a little bit of a thrill hearing about it. I don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, tell me. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> it has to be in the past, though. I mean, I don't want to know about now. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, something super recently. I would probably feel jealous, but, yeah, I like to hear it. Yeah, I guess it forms trust, too, because you know it's happened, so you want someone to be honest with you because it makes... I feel like that would make you feel like, well, there's nothing to hide. If someone, like, mm-hmm. didn't really want to talk about, like, their ex or something, it would make me think they're still lingering feelings. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you think that's weird? I don't know why I like to hear about it. <laughs> it's a little weird. I don't like to. It, it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm more okay. possessive. What is this? I wrote this quote. You look sick. Oh, I thought this was a typo. Yeah. Okay, so wait. Before we get to this, though, like, yeah, he's with Tanya, but she's like, you're leaving, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I think I have to go. And he says goodbye and runs away, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything more to say about Tanya? No. Okay. So he goes back to Forks, his family, and I'm sorry if I'm skipping something, but I think, who's saying this? Emmett thinks on page 30, you look sick, brother mine. Hmm. Mm. That's a typo. Page six? <laughs> oh, sorry, page 30. Did I say sick? Yeah. On page 30, he says, you look sick, brother mine. Do I think that's supposed to be brother of mine? Yeah. <laughs> Which is still weird for Emmett to say. Why would he say brother of mine? Yeah, I feel like Emmett would really say, you look sick, brah. I know. You look sick, brother of mine. That's weird. (laughs) How did they miss that? (laughs) And Emmett's being really chill. He's like, what's the harm? Just kill her. I know. (laughs) He's like, one slip up doesn't, that won't make it be a big deal. Because obviously Emmett has had some slip ups. But it's interesting how they like, they view it differently. Like, Emmett yeah. wouldn't really harbor much guilt over it, but Edward definitely would. And it made me think about how, yeah, like, if you were a vampire and you made a, like, deadly mistake or did something really wrong, you're alive for the rest of your life. You would just worry about that. Mm-hmm. But Emmett True. says eternity is a long time to wallow in guilt, so he is able to let that stuff go. Yeah, right before he says that, he says, you've got to learn to get over things like mm-hmm. I do. He's so present. I like proud now. I like all the Emmett we're getting in this. Mm-hmm. I, um, I wrote what I think his personality type is. What is it? 
I think he might be ESFP. Mm. We have to do a deep dive episode. Yeah. We go into everybody's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. He, Edward is describing Bella again at some point and just her appearance and whatever. And I hate, I hate this description. Stephanie always uses, Stephanie, I love you, love the book. But he describes Bella as having like translucent skin. Oh, yeah. I don't like that which, either. What the heck? Nobody has translucent skin. Yeah. It sounds gross. It's, it does sound, sound beautiful. Yeah. Porcelain is a better description for white yeah. skin. It's gross. No. That to me says like you can, <laughs> well, maybe it's true, but like you can see their veins and mm-hmm. all their like organs and stuff. <laughs> no. We've talked about this. That we don't really like that Bella's also pale because it's like, what's the point? Yeah, I know. She should have at least had more, like, peach skin color, yeah. at least. Especially, I know. There's such an emphasis on her being pale, and I just, I don't understand what the significance of that being. I know. It would have been cooler if he was such stark contrast against her. Yeah. And later, this is jumping ahead, but it's just relative to what we're saying, is that Alice has a vision and sees her being a vampire, and Edward's like, no, no! Yeah. And sees that her skin is pale white and he's like wait her skin is already yeah like how much more white can you get it doesn't look that different maybe that's why she's so pale it's because like she was always gonna be a vampire but she's also italian so it doesn't really make sense because italians typically have darker skin there are pale italians yeah there are it's like who's (laughs) if she's pale if she's really pale how pale could they be in comparison True. It's kind of disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being pale. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> of course not. No, pale skin is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But translucent, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, so then he's back in biology, and he decides mm-hmm. to say hello to her. And there's this one line that I thought was really cute and really smart that Stephanie included it. He said... I pulled my chair back with unnecessary roughness, letting it scrape oh, yeah. across the linoleum. I always struggle linoleum? with the cert word. Yeah, linoleum. <laughs> I can't <laughs> say it. Humans always felt comfortable when noise mm-hmm. announced someone's approach. Mm-hmm. That's cute that he thought to, you know, make it more dramatic. Yeah, I liked that too. And I like that he says hello, instead of hey or hi or whatever a normal person would say. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, on this same page, it's cute how he's describing her eyes. It's just very pretty. Um, those oddly deep brown eyes. The color was like milk chocolate, but the clarity was more comparable to, just, to strong tea. There was a depth mm. and transparency near her pupils or tiny flecks of agate green and golden caramel. He's into it. I think. <laughs> yeah, I loved that passage. I highlighted it. Oh my gosh, there was one part. Gosh, I think my mom is like right upstairs. I'm embarrassed to say this. But um, he says, uh, it was instantly painful like swallowing burning coals. Even without smelling her, I could taste her on my tongue. <laughs> I wrote all high underlined. <laughs> I mean, a line like that obviously has 
uh, undertones, like sexual undertones. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be. It must. It yeah, must. It's, I don't know. Even though it's about him smelling her blood and wanting to drink her, it's supposed to be kind of tantalizing. Yeah. He's definitely starting to get preoccupied with her. Mm-hmm. Very interested in everything she does and says. Mm. Getting so annoyed by Mike, and Mike is starting to get annoyed by him, and he says, even more interestingly, I found to my surprise that the feeling was mutual. (laughs) (laughs) Because he never really cared enough to, like, hate these people before, and now Mike is just the worst person in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Mike. Wish he'd stay wherever he went, Mike thought. (laughs) (laughs) He's Joe. And in reading this as well, it made me just realize how good Robert Pattinson's depiction of Edward was. Because I know he read some of the drafts to get in character. And there's times when you're watching the movie and you're thinking, oh, why is he being really rude randomly? You know? And he's... The way he's explaining it is, like, he's justifying being rude, being like, oh, I have to be rude so she doesn't like me. Or he's like, oh, I have to be weirdly funny right now so she doesn't get creeped out. Like, it's always deliberate what mood he's in. It's not just... True. He's not just, like, moody because that's his temperament. Mm Mm-hmm. It is still so weird that when she says, did you get contacts, he thinks, what a strange question. No. I almost smiled at the idea of improving my eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> it just... How could that have not crossed his mind? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then she says, I thought there was something different about your eyes. I suddenly felt colder again as I realized I was not the only one attempting to ferret out secrets today. Oh, you messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how on page 41, he says... Well, she's explaining her parents and her mom and Phil, the baseball and everything, and he says, this didn't fit with the scenario I'd been constructing in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, same. I mean, I think everyone does that. Yeah, you just, like, come up with the way things are yeah. in your head. <laughs> I like that. He's cute. <laughs> I, I like how he's speaking and then analyzing what he just said and worrying about it. He says, why did you come here then? I demanded, realizing instantly that my tone was too accusatory, not casual enough for the conversation. <laughs> the question sounded rude, prying. <laughs> yeah, and then he says, I think I can keep up. Yeah. Perhaps common courtesy would compel her. Like, yeah, he's commenting on, like, he's trying to be human so hard. Like, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to talk. <laughs> it also, is, that's a pretty human thing, actually, too, to be like, okay, how am I going to say this? Like, yeah. What's my approach? But I think a lot of times in conversation, you don't really have time to be yeah. that careful, and later you just end up wishing you didn't say that. Yeah. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much like, ironic lines where I want to say, like, boy, you have no idea, like, here, he accidentally touches Bella, and he goes, but of course I could never touch her skin again. Yeah, or like, I know. He talks about, like, oh, someday she's going to get married and walk down the aisle, and it's like, that's going to be you. Like, <laughs> I know. I thought that was kind of weird that that 
was in here. I don't know. It felt a little soon for me. Yeah, true. Sorry. Just me being picky. But, like, who thinks that? I mean, even when you start to have a crush on someone, I mean, I guess because he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you first meet someone, this just seems a little... Soon. Soon. <laughs> She's going to marry someone someday. And you don't mm-hmm. know that. She might not. True, true, Mel. A lot of true, people true. don't get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, he's like questioning or overanalyzing his tone. He says, my voice was too eager. It sounded like I was being nosy, which I was admittedly. I think it's so cute whenever he's <laughs> really self-aware, which he is a lot throughout this book. He's very self-aware. He's very introspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, Edward. After their whole conversation, and it's okay if you have more to say about this, but I think it's so interesting that he goes in his car to listen to violent music. Yeah. I just I thought that was cute. Picture that. <laughs> <laughs> I can. He's so emo. I don't know why. He also just seems gentle to me, too, mm. so it's weird, but... He's both. He's both. I like... I love, for some reason... Edward and Emmett in Spanish class. and Oh, yeah, that was cool. They both are very fluent, and, uh, but Emmett, actually, no, Emmett just, like, doesn't even bother to speak in Spanish when the teacher calls on him, because Edward just leaves, and then the teacher, Miss Goff, says, Esta bien, Edward? Which is, like, how mm-hmm. are you? And he just, like, pardons himself, and then the teacher says in Spanish, Emmett, can you please go help your brother? And then mm-hmm. Emma just goes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I thought that's sure. cute that it's like the teacher's like, I don't know, calling them brothers. And it's like, Emma, go help him. Yeah. You know? I like when a teacher speak to him like they're students. It's interesting to see. Yeah. So he's listening to music in his car and he's mm-hmm. spying still. <laughs> he's yeah. like listening, listening to people's thoughts to try to know what's up with Bella. And it really does remind me of times when I've, like, had a crush on someone where he says, did I want her to see me here? Did I hope she would come to speak to me? What was I doing? Like, you just, like, (laughs) purposely put yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, maybe they'll see me. Like, maybe we'll interact, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute. Oh, yeah, and then it's interesting. This chapter ends with a part that is in, you know, Twilight. But it's interesting to see from his perspective because he's really keeping an eye on her and, yeah, creeping a little bit because he has a crush, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she almost kind of hit somebody and is struggling to drive out of the parking lot, I guess. And he's, like, laughing. And I remember in the book her seeing him in her rearview mirror, like, laughing. Yeah. And it's interesting to see this from his perspective. It's so smart that Stephanie thought about what would be going through Edward's head there as she was writing from Bella's perspective which is good writing that's what you should be doing because he says the thought of Bella Swan being dangerous to anyone no matter what she was driving had me laughing while the girl drove past me staring straight ahead yeah so he wasn't really like laughing at her because she sucks at driving or anything it was just the irony funny to him yeah yeah (laughs) so the next chapter is chapter three risk and He's deciding what he wants to do. Should I stay? Should I go? 
Should I stay or should I go? He goes hunting with Carlisle. This is where Alice is having a lot of visions of what the future holds, which I always kind of wondered of like, doesn't he know what's going to happen, that it's going to be safe? But it's very blurry for Alice because he's at a crossroads here. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read what he says about that. He says, for a brief moment, she was swept away into one of those strange visions. I watched along with her as the indistinct images flickered and whirled. I saw myself in with strange shadows that I couldn't make out, hazy, imprecise forms. And then suddenly my skin was glittering in the bright sunlight on a small open meadow. This was a place I knew. There was a figure in the meadow with me, but again, it was indistinct, not there enough to recognize. The images shivered and disappeared as a million tiny choices rearranged the future again. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was cool because... The meadow? Well, I, I thought that was cool because we don't really know what Alice's visions really look like to her. Like, is it a full scene? Is it, mm. you know, just like life as it is? And I think sometimes it is, but to see something hazy like that, Stephanie did a really good job writing it. True. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's funny that he swears on page 57, but he doesn't even say it. He just says, oh, a, word, a word I'd never said before in the presence of a lady slid between my clenched teeth. <laughs> yeah. I underlined that. I haven't really been underlining many things, but I underlined that. <laughs> what swear um, do you think he said? Shit or fuck? I hope it was fuck. Me too. Oh my god. I don't, I don't like the word shit. <laughs> <laughs> ugly i hope it was fuck (laughs) (laughs) that'd be hot on 55 he's talking about how everybody's in a couple in a relationship in his family Mm -hmm. and he says only one alone some days it was harder where is this part some days it was harder than others to live with three sets of perfectly matched lovers this was one of them oh edward that I would know be that really it hard. Him. Yeah. Maybe I was just being bitter because I was the only one alone. Mm. And, okay, this is jumping ahead, but I hate how later the family's fighting about Bella and what to do about her and stuff. And we'll get to that. But I'm just connecting it. Because I think Rosalie says something like, you don't know what it's like. Or maybe it was... Jasper. No, Jasper says it, I think. is like, you don't know what it's like to love someone yeah. as much as I do. I don't know why that pissed me off. I felt bad for Edward. Yeah, because he was, like, saying that if anything went wrong, it would put their whole family in harm, including Alice, of course. Yeah. And Jasper was, like, looking at it like he was protecting Alice, which I thought was kind of, it made sense, but, it's, like, you guys could leave if you want to then, if it's that big True. of a deal. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, yeah, that's a really, not a nice thing of Jasper to say. No, it's not nice. <laughs> You've never been in love. You don't know what you're talking about. That's really hurtful. So far, <laughs> Jasper has not won me over so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when he does say that he swore, that's when the van is coming mm-hmm. to crush Bella. And so that's, <laughs> yeah, he swears when he does that fuck <laughs> <laughs> wait i think in bella's perspective she does have the word does she have it 
Do we hear I don't him say think shit? So. I th- I, fr- I think it's shit, but I hope it's fuck. That's not in Twilight. It might. Maybe it's just crap. Oh <laughs> my god! I think it actually might be crap. I think it is. Oh, I don't have the book on me. Should I go get it? It's in the other room. Yeah, go get it. Okay. Okay, I need to find this part. Wow, the text is so much bigger in Twilight. Mm-mm-mm. Wow, I feel like things moved much quicker in Twilight. I know. Just looking at this. This book is very, very dense. Because, mm-hmm. of course, Edward has way more thoughts for every single moment. Yeah. It's interesting, too, how we have here an omniscient narrator, basically, besides Bella, because he gives us everyone's perspective. Yeah. E- even True. when he's not, he's not necessarily always in italics saying people's thoughts, but he'll say, like, that bothered Jasper, or, you know what I mean? Like, he knows mm-hmm. everyone's reaction, kind of like those books where... It's really interesting, because I feel like we never have that for a main character who's also in the story i guess yeah okay i don't think it says i don't think it says that he swears a groaning metallic thud hurt my ears a van settled glass popping onto the asphalt exactly where a second ago my legs had been it was absolutely silent for one long second before the screaming began Wait, Mm-mm-mm. I could hear Edward Cullen's low, frantic voice in my ear. Bella, are you all right? Yeah, I don't think it says that he swore. I don't think she heard it. It doesn't say that he swore. Someone says crap in one of the Twilight books. Yeah, I mean, I think Bella says it a lot. I hate the pretty inoffensive word. Oh, yeah, I hate the word crap. I think it's lame. <laughs> it's like, if you... I'm fine with it. Do you prefer crap to shit? Yeah, I really don't like the word shit. I I feel weirded out whenever I say shit or shitty. I don't know why. It's just so, like, trashy to me. Oh, I say shit all the time. (laughs) I don't know why. The way it sounds is trashy. (laughs) (laughs) I probably say it too much. (laughs) So, they're at the hospital now, and he's talking to Carlisle, and I think... Edward's being so sweet and how worried he is. He's saying to Carlisle, please, I said, I'm so afraid that I hurt her. He's just so nervous. Mm. Even though he really saved her life, he's nervous that he did anything to hurt her. That's cute. Yeah. Because she did hit her head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when Charlie shows up that he can't really hear his thoughts. Yeah, I forgot about that. Me too. He can only vaguely hear them. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because if Bella's a shield, she would have inherited a little bit from her dad, I guess. Yeah, um, he can't hear exact words. It's more just like the sensation behind them, or emotion in a way. Yeah. But he can't hear words. I think it's cute that... Bella says, Edward pulled me out of the way. And then Edward goes, I exhaled. And then my breathing accelerated. Never heard her speak my name before. <laughs> I like the way it sounded, even just hearing it through Tyler's thoughts. Oh, cute. I wanted to hear it for myself. And then he, like, goes around to, like, hear his name. He's so into her now. He's, like, a teenager. I mean, he is he a teenager. Is. Yeah. <laughs> It's cute. He's so human. 
but then he's mean to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but he does it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. He did it for her. Every time Edward does something that we might perceive as shitty, sorry to use that word, <laughs> he is doing Crappy it. Crappy Mel. Crappy. He's, no, 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 you can say it. <laughs> he's doing it for her own benefit or what he thinks is best for her. I think that's true. I think even in the later books, mm-hmm. still true. Yeah, he really thinks through pretty much everything mm-hmm. he does and says. Bella stands up and she's a little bit woozy, and Carlisle kind of catches her in the hospital. And I think it's funny how he's even jealous that <laughs> he wasn't the one to catch her. I know, he's jealous of his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Yeah, they have that conversation where she says, like, you stopped the van. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the line in the movie. But <laughs> and he says, can't you just thank me Yeah, get it over with? <laughs> I like how that line is translated literally to the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of, especially in this scene, I feel like a lot of word-for-word mm-hmm. translations. At the end of this chapter, and she says, why did you even bother? And he says, I don't know. Mm. I feel like that would sound really, really harsh hearing that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that he's really conflicted. Because, yeah, like, why why wouldn't you just say, like, oh, because I, I didn't want you to die or something. But, like, it did put his family in jeopardy and all this stuff. Well, I think I he's also shocked because... He's never been this compelled to, like, protect a human before in his life. He's been alone for so long, basically feeling dead. And just randomly, this girl comes and he's so caught up in his feelings. Like, that would be crazy. And I feel like, I mean, he's so caught up in it that he's not even really acting rationally or, like, acting cool at all in front of his family. But it would be kind of embarrassing because they're all like, whoa, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I I would be embarrassed for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he's getting them all involved in this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any more notes for this chapter. Cool, cool. Me neither. Chapter four is called Visions. Already on the first line, I said it's really self-aware when he says, it shouldn't have been so hard for me to do the right thing. But after, but all afternoon, I was gritting my teeth against the urge that had me yearning to ditch too in order to go see the girl again, like a stalker, an obsessed stalker, an obsessed (laughs) vampire stalker, like all the critics... I feel like they just don't get that he knows. I mean, maybe that doesn't count. Maybe that's still not good enough. But he knows he's being obsessive. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can say about him that he hasn't said about himself. True. I agree. This chapter has a lot about... Wait, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but... Basically, Jasper wants to do something, Mm. and I felt a little bit manipulated as a reader because Stephanie chose to not tell us (laughs) what exactly Jasper is going to do, but it's like, ugh, Edward knows. Like, usually he tells us everything, 
but yeah um i mean i guess you can imply that jasper wants to kill bella yeah he wants to handle it yeah edward's thinking about would i fight my family I feel like there's a lot of things like this in the series. Yeah. <laughs> He's decided, yes, he would fight his family. Wow. But it's interesting because he's like, he says, would I fight Emmett, Rosalie, and Jasper? Knowing right away that those are the ones who would be again, or would be in favor of killing Bella. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me think like those are his least favorites. Yeah. I don't understand Emmett. I mean, yeah, he's very loyal to Rosalie, but why does he act like he, no matter what she does, he has to follow her? You know what I mean? Yeah, their relationship is stupid to me. (laughs) He's, how would you say? I mean, I don't usually like this term, but like so whipped in a way. Like whatever Mm. she decides, he's like, well, I have to be on Rose's side. Sorry. He's a simp. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he, for her. i mean i don't think he actually wants to harm bella like i think but he has like no morals or in a way or mm-hmm. no no beliefs like he just goes along with whatever rosalie does and why so you can have sex with her i don't think you've gotten to this part but edward kind of says that to her to him <laughs> good um, no i haven't gotten to that part yet yeah <laughs> good yeah <laughs> he has no backbone no and rosalie I feel like she's not good to him either. I know. She's horrible in this. She just, like, walks him around on a leash, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Their relationship seems really superficial to me. I wonder how people feel. I know I I haven't read as much, but I know because of our... We have a group message with B, our listener and friend that we met at the festival, and you guys were talking about Rosalie, and it seems like there's a lot of bad stuff about Rosalie. And it's just interesting to me because I haven't been on Tumblr in forever, but like a year ago I was kind of on it somewhat a lot to check out the Twilight fandom. And a lot of people like loved Rosalie and were like, yeah, saying she's mistreated. Like, yeah, this is what happens when a female character is just, you know, assertive. People say she's a bitch, but no, mm-hmm. Rosalie's queen. I love Rosalie. No. But I she deserves I think she never redeems herself um maybe later in this book she will have some really nice thoughts we I was also talking about it with Annika our listener and another Mm -hmm. one of our listeners Teresa and Rosalie even in the end when people think that she grows as a character it's only because Bella's pregnant and it's only in Rosalie's self-interest yeah it's just so she can get what she wants yeah it's not because she wants to protect Bella Bella and wants to like protect Bella's choices because she just wants like to play with a baby yeah (laughs) she's horrible and I don't know why we can't just let her be horrible I mean there's other girl characters you can love if you Mm want to love somebody like (laughs) yeah Alice is pretty nice like I don't know why I think Jessica's better than Rosalie yeah Jessica's pretty bad in the books though I mean we were saying that Mm -hmm. this is a Catherine Hardwick that I feel like Jessica's not a good character but Anna Kendrick, I think in the movies, kind of tricks you into thinking she's, like, really likable and stuff. Yeah. But the character herself is actually not so great. Well, I think what bothers me about Rosalie is, like, you know, as Edward talks about a little bit later on, she gets... She's really upset about Bella for shallow reasons of, like, oh, why is he attracted to her and she he didn't like yeah. me? And it's, like you're, like, 95 years old. Like, 
<laughs> are you telling me you have not matured at all that something so stupid and silly like this wouldn't bother you? I know. It seems like she hasn't matured at all. She's a total narcissist. Yeah. Also, I could I could get maybe having a fleeting thought where you're like, oh, yeah, Edward wasn't attracted to me. He's attracted to her. Like, I, yeah. I mean, maybe you can't really help it. Thoughts just happen. But it seems like she just keeps thinking it. Yeah. She has like nothing else. Also, our Anna, uh, listener, our Annika, our <laughs> listener and friend Annika was saying uh, that, you know how Rosalie and Eclipse is like this is not the choice I would have made for myself. You're choosing wrong. It's like, yeah, but just because that's not the choice you would have made, you have to respect that not everyone would make the same choice. I know. Just because you disagree with it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, she's like, I didn't have a choice. And then therefore takes away Bella's choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, what? She said, instead, I feel like a strong woman would say, I don't have a choice, so that's really cool that you get to choose right now. <laughs> yeah. Or just... Just talk to Bella and be like, hey, being a vampire isn't so great. Like, yeah. maybe just think about this. Like, I wish someone told me. Yeah. I wish I had a choice. And since you do, I just want you to make sure you're making, you know, everything you're yeah, getting. Exactly. Like, that would have been a really nice way to handle it. Like, there's a mature way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's Rosalie's way to do it. Yeah. I can't stand her. I wish she would have <laughs> died. <laughs> I know. In Breaking Dawn, she would have been great. perfect person to kill off because it would have been kind of sad, but like not. Yeah, really. then we could remember. We could be like, oh, she died. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> but like not too sad. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that happens a lot. Like we're a character that's not so great, then they die, and it kind of wrongly, I don't know, makes you like them just because that happened. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I yeah, exactly. Like Snape and Harry Potter. Yeah. And my. I feel like that redeemed him, even though maybe it shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about how Snape is just, like, not that great of a character. And he's so, like, abusive to this child for, <laughs> like, no because reason. Because he liked his mom. Yeah, which is a really bad reason. Like, okay, get over it. You were rejected. Don't take it out on this innocent child who's an orphan. Literally everybody gets rejected. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Like, it's... Everybody. It's so suck it up, Snape. Not a justification. Like, oh, boo-hoo, I'm sorry about your sob story, but, like, you should yeah. still be nice to a kid. I know. If we all acted that way when someone didn't like us back, mm-hmm. like... It'd be an even worse world than we live in. Yep. I know. Yeah. So... Yeah, Edward's worrying about a potential fight between the Collins. And they all sit at the dining room table while Jasper stands against the wall mm-hmm. to discuss this. And Edward, like, apologizes to all of them for, you know, getting them in this situation. I thought it was cool to see because from Bella's point of view, we, yeah, obviously, we didn't know any of this happened. And I we just didn't know that they really discussed it or that Edward said he was, like, sorry. And I don't know, it's interesting yeah i think you wonder kind of like what does the family think about this and what did they say about this and yeah yeah this is where i'd be really embarrassed if i was edward for all this meetings and stuff because he has a crush it's just kind of funny but here's an example of rosalie being a bitch i'll read it on page 79 she says 
Let me finish, Carlisle. It doesn't have to be any big production. The girl hit her head today, so maybe the injury turns out to be more serious than it looked. Rosalie shrugged. Every mortal goes to sleep with the chance of never waking up. The others would expect, expect us to clean up after ourselves. Technically, that would make it Edward's job, but this is obviously beyond him. You know I'm capable of control. I would leave no evidence behind me. Like, she's really trying to make the argument that they should kill her. And Carlisle is so great. He says... I mean you mean well, Rosalie, but I'd like very much for our family to be worth protecting. The occasional accident or lapse in control is regrettable part of what we are. It was very like him to include himself in the plural, though he had never had such a lapse himself. To murder a blameless child in cold blood is another thing entirely. Entirely, I believe the risk she presents, whether she speaks her suspicions or not, is nothing to the greater risk. If we make exceptions to our protect ourselves, we risk something much more important. We risk losing the essence of who we are. Mm-hmm. Which, I always thought Carlisle's compassion was kind of a lame superpower. But yeah. it actually is pretty powerful that he is able to keep his humanity even when it seems really trivial to everybody else. Like, clearly, it's... Not that important to other vampires, but for him, it's everything. Yeah. He's a saint. Mm-hmm. Saint Carlisle. But then... Um, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I just liked same page, but a little bit before. He says, Rosalie, I looked the other way in Rochester because I felt you were owed your justice. But I don't know. It's just interesting mm-hmm. to me. He's like, I looked the other way. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think means he kind of... It did bother him. Yeah. Even if it's, like, <laughs> for revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's being a huge baby. Like, they're saying, oh, they could leave. And she goes, no, I don't want to be a sophomore again. And then he's I like, know. well, you can start older. And she goes, no, that gives us less time. Like, she's just being <laughs> such a teenager. I know. She did make the good point that there's little sun there, so mm-hmm. they can be outside more. But still, yeah. What's the big deal? Babyish. Like, she doesn't even have to do high school if she doesn't want to, I'm pretty sure. I know. I thought it was cool that on 79, Edward says, because Rosalie is saying, we can't allow the human a chance to say anything. Basically saying, like, oh, Bella knows something. We can't let her Mm -hmm. reveal our secret. And Edward says, we've left rumors behind us before. I don't know why. I just love hearing about their past. and Yeah. She says, just rumors and suspicions, Edward, not eyewitnesses and evidence. Evidence, I scoffed. (laughs) (laughs) Jasper makes a point that, you know, Edward's like, we can't kill her for my mistake. And he goes, she benefits from it then. She should have died today. Edward, I would only set that right, being like, she should have died, so killing her would be nothing. Like, it wouldn't be bad. Hmm. Which, again, is, like, just, like, not great of Jasper. I know. And the fact that Jasper is still friends with Peter and Charlotte. Like, I get it. Like, it's not really the same to them as vampires. But, like, I don't know. I just think... It is weird. They're, like, murderers. And for all he knows, they could be, like, killing people that he goes to school with. Jasper just I know. He has a lot less humanity than the other vampires do. He does. It's like (sighs) he's being forced into this lifestyle. Does he even really care? It seems like he just wants to kill her to just get this out of the way or something. I don't think he'd feel bad about it. 
Jasper, I didn't think you were like this. I know, which is weird because he's like an empath. I thought he didn't like killing people since he could feel their emotions. I know. Maybe, maybe when he gets to know Bella, that like changes him kind of. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why he seems so much nicer in the Twilight books. I don't know. Yeah. But then Alice is having visions of Bella and she, because she says like, Jasper, I'm going to be friends with her, so can you not? Mm -hmm. So basically she's had a vision that she's going to be BFFs with Bella, and she has, she's trying to like suppress a vision and doesn't want Edward to see it, but then it comes through, and basically it's the vision of Bella becoming a vampire, mm -hmm. and Edward loses his shit, and he's like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouted. I heard my chair hit the floor. Only no. then I realized it was on my feet. <laughs> I think it's a little dramatic. <laughs> I think it's weird that he says, someone gasped. I didn't look to see who. Which I feel like he would, as a vampire especially, you would know where the gasp came from. But I just thought it was funny that after that vision, it's just one person. <gasps> you know? <laughs> oh, I thought it was really funny that... I meant to say is before that, so Alice and Edward are kind of communicating. Like, she's thinking, Edward's reading her thoughts, she's having visions, Edward's mm -hmm. seeing the visions of all the things about Bella and stuff, and they're not saying out loud what's going on, and Emmett's, like, so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, this is so annoying, because they're not explaining it. But then I think Rosalie's like, can't you tell? Edward's going to fall in love with a human, classic Edward or something. Yeah. Being kind of mean to Emmett. No, like, come on, respect your man. Yeah, Emmett's like, oh, come on. Because <laughs> you're not explaining it. What, Emmett said. Aw. <laughs> um, Esme's sweet in this, almost a little too sweet. It's, like, kind of hard to believe. But <laughs> she, I think it's sweet she reached her hand as Edward walked by, and he just ignored it. I know. It's sad. <laughs> She loves Edward. She does. He's the favorite child, for sure. Yeah. She's almost, like, excited about... Oh, yeah. Esme's joy. He says mm -hmm. that he can, like, sense. It's funny that she'd be so joyous about him and Bella. I know. Mm -hmm. She's so sweet. She is. Like, she later is. on, I don't mean to skip ahead, but he's playing piano. Did you get to that part? No, I only got... This is the last chapter I read. Oh, so no! we have to end here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty long anyway. I feel like we've discussed a lot. <laughs> but what were you going to say? Oh, she's just like, Edward's playing piano, and she's so excited to sit and listen to it. It's really Oh, sweet. yeah. I remember that in the draft, actually. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, you know, Edward's thinking about his options now... He, Alice has seen either Bella dead or either Bella a vampire and knows that he's going to, like, fall in love with her. And Alice says, I don't think you can leave anymore. And yeah. I was wondering what you think about that. Um, like, Edward... Okay, I wrote down this question. How would you feel if someone told you, like, you will fall in love with this person? Like, it's... Weird. I, for a second, wondered if that would, like, take away anything of it, or, like, it's weird to feel, like, powerless in a way, but I also think if someone told me that, I would be, like, enticed and... 
Hmm. Interested in like, oh, I would feel sounds good. <laughs> I think I would feel the same way as I would, especially someone like Alice. I would trust her judgment and mm-hmm. then pursue it. Yeah. Because I would want cool. that. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that it's starting to feel like fate or something Mm -hmm. and like he really has no option anymore to just go through with it yeah oh i don't think he could leave he's way Mm -hmm. too like we said if if there's like an undeveloped relationship like that like what's he gonna do just like stay away and do what he's still gonna be thinking about it so Mm -hmm. technically i mean technically yes he could and that's what he tries to do in Mm -hmm. new moon um yeah i mean he would only have to stay away until she dies Mm-hmm. It is. I really do see Edward's dilemma. Like, it really is a little selfish. Like, Bella could move on and have a life and stuff. Like, if mm-hmm. he left, like, she would be okay. But it's more like him. Like, yeah. would he be able to get over it? I don't think so. Mm. It's but so Bella, good. Yeah, but Bella does get a lot out of their relationship. I mean, she loves him. and mm-hmm. She freaking loves him. I mean, eventually, not yet, but... Um, yeah, I feel like Edward does, I do see kind of why Edward feels that way, that it's, like, selfish, their relationship. Yeah. Not just because, I feel like, not just because he's dangerous or whatever, but it's, like, he's seeing it as more his gain right now, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And he sees himself as such a monster, and she's so harmless that... It almost seems unfair to her that he's putting her in so much danger and she doesn't even know it. She's she's down. Yes, yeah, she's into it. And she's so he's so shocked in his perspective that she's like the only person he's ever met who's not gonna blab anything or speak about it with anybody. Yeah. Why do you think Bella is like that. Like, why do you think Bella doesn't have the need to tell anybody? I don't think she really is close with anybody mm-hmm. in that way. And, of course, she doesn't want to seem crazy. Yeah. She knows it's unrealistic. But I think if she had someone who she was, like, really close with and could tell anything to, she would say something, maybe. Yeah. I think at this point we know because, yeah, we've read Twilight, that she does already have kind of a crush on him and mm-hmm. thinks about him in terms. I think she also wants to protect him. I think she knows he doesn't... She wants to respect mm-hmm. him because she wants him to like her. But I agree. Yeah. I feel like, let's say Jacob didn't know about them. I, I could see her telling Jacob. Yeah, I could too. Because she trusts yeah. him. Yeah. But yeah, she's not a gossiper. She's anything. Bella's kind of embarrassed when she says things, even little things that yeah. are like not consequential at all. Yeah, she doesn't really like to open up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bells. More of the suffering silence type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and in the vision, he sees his eyes. So, like, there's the one version where Bella's a vampire, and then he ha- there's the other version where his eyes are red, and he's mm. holding Bella's broken body in his arms. But the end of the chapter is cool, because it's kind of like, oh, there's only two options, and 
He says, I would not let Alice's visions direct me. I would choose a different path. There, there was always a choice. There had to be. Which, yeah, this is like his other... Okay, in the end, yes, she does become a vampire. So he actually was kind of wrong about that. But he does try to walk the other line where it's like, I'm going to date her or like hang out with her, but not tell her I'm a vampire. And yeah. And keep, keep her a human. And that does work for a long time. But That would be really hard to keep that secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, she figures it out. Would that have even been possible for them to just keep dating and she doesn't know i mean no. it's it's gonna come up he's never gonna eat anything he's like yeah. always gonna be weird about physical contact <laughs> yeah. he is never gonna go it wouldn't sunlight. work yeah <laughs> like why won't you touch me why won't you touch me eat this oh my God. <laughs> imagine if they dated for years and years and he still never told her and he like wasn't eight <laughs> yeah no, he wouldn't do that. It would, he would have to leave eventually. Yeah, th- that relationship just would not be sustainable at all. No. Okay, so he must know that she's going to know eventually, right? Yeah. Hmm. So good. This weekend I'm just going to do so much reading. Me too. I'm going to today. Me wow. too. I hope this is enough. I hope it. This. I feel bad that I haven't read more. Do we have time to do any listener mail or no? We could do one. Yeah. Well, I really liked this letter from our listener Caitlin, so I wanted to read it. Read it. She said, "Hi, Mel and Cal. I don't really know how to start this letter, but as a fellow Bostonian, which <gasps> is so exciting because I feel like we never have local listeners. If you're mm-hmm. from Massachusetts, let us know." And fan of Twilight, I refused to type Twihard, lol. I felt I had to say hello. When Stephanie announced that Midnight Sun was releasing on my 26th birthday, which is huge, I freaked out and the wave of Twilight obsession crashed over me again. Has it ever really stopped since 2008? I've been applying to jobs and found your podcast while searching for something to listen to as I worked on applications. You guys kept me company. Sorry, that sounds Edward-level creepy. No, it doesn't. (laughs) During a lot of late-night programming assignments, I was pulling an all-nighter when I listened to your first episode on cringy fandom memories, hearing your stories, (laughs) and being reminded of my own. In November 2008, I slept outside the Square One Mall, which is right, (gasps) right near us, in Saugus to meet Robert Pattinson at Hot Topic. And I set off a car alarm at 3 a.m., waking up the entire line of people waiting. Kept me laughing and motivated through the tiredness. Wow. She said, what are you most excited to read from Edward's perspective? Originally, I was getting pumped for the angsty parts, like the ballet studio and hospital, but the other day it hit me for the first time. We're going to get the baseball scene from Edward's point of view. Fun Cullen family antics? Check. Edward getting wicked (laughs) into game... Uh, into the game and trying to impress Bella. Check. Edward's thoughts when Esme was that fucking person and brought up her cliff jumping and dead baby to his <laughs> new girlfriend. Check. <laughs> I just started a new job and unfortunately couldn't take the fourth off for work so I can get uh, high and read Midnight Sun all day like I want to. I would feel sick, but since it's my birthday, I'm scared HR will see right through me. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to function at work, which, yeah, I, didn't, I ended up not taking the day off, and it was really hard to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Um, during the next few days, I pre-ordered the book, and it is going to be st- staring at me from my coffee table. 
let's see. Anyway, just wanted to thank you again for the new content, your favorite word, and for being proud fans of Twilight. Most of my friends aren't that into it anymore, so it's extra fun to listen to your podcast and hear other people, not only YouTube, but all your listeners and the Twilight community at large, getting so passionate about the series. As you said in your Midnight Sun episode, it really is really special to want something just as much now as you as when the draft first leaked in 2008. I was 13 when I first read the Twilight books. I've spent more than half the time since since then living in other states, having life experiences I never could have dreamed of at that age, which is crazy. This is kind of like what Stephanie, what Stephanie wrote. said, yeah. Now at almost 13 years later, I am back in Massachusetts reliving my Twilight days and feeling just as giddy despite all the chaos and uncertainty in the world. These are strange times. Enjoy Midnight Sun and happy reading, Caitlin, which is so sweet. Mm. and just such a treat to read and we've gotten a lot of nice messages lately and i'm so sorry i can't read all of them that's so cool Mm. yeah but to your question caitlin about what most looking forward to definitely i mean we're not finished with it yet so i like like thirsty edward thoughts yeah i love that too (laughs) and i i've said this before but I was most looking forward to just learning more about their life before mm. Twilight. That's the most interesting thing to me. Yeah, I so far, not as much as I would like. But yeah, anything I can get. I mean, yeah, whenever they mention, like, oh, some somebody was on to us in the past, I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like Tanya stuff, too, because it does feel like backstory a little mm. bit. So I just want to know more about Edward. Yeah. I just want him to feel real, so I want to know his whole past. It really does feel real so far. Sometimes I'm reading it, and it blows my mind that he's not, and that this is all just coming from Stephanie Meyer. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's... Isn't that weird? There's so much of this book. It's so many pages, and the trim size is way bigger than the other books. So if it was the same, like physical size that it'd be like 900 pages i know yeah it probably would be that's probably why they made it bigger this is massive in compare i think this is actually bigger than breaking dawn even though the breaking dawn page count is a little bit bigger yeah it must be wow can't we can't wait to get more into it yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this Tell us your thoughts, and I hope you enjoy the Catherine Hardwick episode, which will be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Next, actually. Yeah, we're kind of going, breaking our schedule a little bit, so we're doing this episode, and then usually we would do a mini episode on our Patreon, but mm-hmm. hope it's okay. We're going to do this episode, then Catherine, and then mini episode, and mm-hmm. then our next Midnight Sun episode. Yeah. So we will have read a lot by then. Yeah. So take your time, people. Or if you already read it, um, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I feel lame that some people have already finished it, and I've literally only read four chapters. <laughs> I know, but I, it's really fun to take it slow. And a lot of people yeah. haven't even received their copy yet, so. True. That's true. No sense rushing it. This is huge. Let's, let's savor in it. Yeah. What does Edward say? No reason to rush through the experience. Yes. Yep. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Maybe we could put that like in the episode bio or something. Yeah. Good idea. Mm-hmm. I'll do that if I remember. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon and yeah, we love you guys. It's so great to be back. Love you guys. Got a plane to catch. Got a plane to catch. I like how that's become our sign off. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys, but we got a plane to catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Okay. Alright. Bye. Bye. You can contact us at anotherbiteoftwilight at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at anotherbiteoftwilight. The music is by Traces. See you next time.